right, welcome everybody to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, season six, episode number 19. I've got a very special guest with us today. We've got a young man that is uh, that's, that's a little new in the game, but he's been doing some good things in skill development. Uh, we've got Ethan Koza of Vision Driven Basketball. Coach, you ready to drop some knowledge today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. There's no problem. No problem at all. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we get into it, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, tell them how you got started with uh, Vision Driven Basketball. So I, uh, like, said, uh, like, like you said, TJ, I'm, uh, I- I'm new to this. Uh, I've been doing this for about two years now. And um, it, this all kind of started when I graduated high school. I was planning on playing uh, college basketball at a Division three college. Ended up not doing that um, for a bunch of different reasons. So I ended up taking that year off and I was working with a trainer for basically that entire year. Uh, and that was kind of where things shifted a little bit for me. And I made a lot of really big strides in my own game. Uh, and at the end of that year, I actually had more opportunities at, at the next level, um, which again, ended up not doing that for even even more reasons. Um, and looking back now, I, I know that uh, that was for a reason, um, because where I am now, I never would have thought back then that I'd be what I'm, where I am at right now. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, but during that year off where everything was just like, it was, it was really frustrating and I was just waiting for a break. Uh, I had, there was a team that I was coaching a middle school team and I had a couple parents ask me, Hey, could you, could you work with my kids? Um, and so I started doing that, uh, where it starts to spread. I talked to a couple people that I knew and they were like, Hey, you should start posting stuff online. Um, maybe you get more people to train with, uh, if, if you started doing that. So that was kind of my first thought. Uh, and then I just started to kind of go, you know, really big with what I was doing online. And that kind of led me to develop my following. Um, I think I'm at about 15,000 YouTube subscribers right now. Um, and that's kind of been where I really focused. Um, one thing that I've always thought about with the stuff that I post and the reason that I think I've been able to help people so far is I just think about when I was younger, when I was in middle school, high school, uh, even my first couple of years out of high school, uh, I think about the, the stuff that I could have used that would have helped me then that I wish I would have known. Uh, and then and literally everything that I make, everything that I post is just that it's with that in mind. So uh, I think with it, it, keeping that kind of player first view of everything, uh, I think that's really how I'm going to succeed long-term. Uh, and that's always going to be how I kind of view things through. So uh, that being said, that means that I've got to make sure I can continue to bring as much value to, uh, to those players as I can, which is why it's great that, that, you know, there's podcasts out there like yours, TJ, um, that I can just kind of soak and listen to uh, and, and become more and more valuable as a trainer. And then in turn, those results are going to be transferred to the kids that, that I'm able to work with. Yeah, you know, uh, we were talking before we got started about, you know, how things have really changed over the years and how that, how there's so much information now. Um, so to be able to um, continue to learn and, and grow from, from, from different coaches, trainers, podcasts, or whatever is great, because uh, you want to add as much value as you can to, to the players that you're servicing. Um, so let's jump right on in. The first question that I have for you is, in your own words or your own opinion, what is skill development and how important is it to the game of basketball? So my definition for this has changed a little bit. Um, 
when I when I talk about skill development now, uh, I would define it as uh, the ability. I, I would say to help a player um, acquire skills that they can use in a competitive setting, um, because I think that there's kind of a gap that that needs to be bridged between um, you know sk developing skills, which I think in a way is kind of straightforward, but I think that it's gone about incorrectly a lot of times. I know for me personally growing up, a lot of times the way that I viewed, oh, okay, if I work on this for this amount of time and I do these drills, then I'll get here. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of a gap uh, separating that. When I, when, when I train now, um, a lot of what I focus on is, is um, making sure that those skills can, can transfer. And I kind of mentioned this, but uh, acquiring those skills, so skill acquisition, something that I've, I've read a lot about, uh, talked a little about on my own show. And um, one, of the, one of the most important things with skill acquisition is, um, I think I actually saw one of your episodes where you talked about block training versus random training. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of a, a, an interesting topic because uh, I think the kind of traditional sense, traditional definition of skill development is, you know, you go outside and you work on your pound dribbles, then you work on your form shooting, and then you do your five shots, five spots, and then boom, you've got your workout. And I think in a sense, that's helpful. But I also think that there's another element to it uh, that that players really need to make sure that they're getting, um, which is making sure that your training isn't just uh, that that kind of block, simple way of doing things. So when I work with players now, um, my I, I'm always trying to make sure that we can get them into a competitive situation um, or a reactionary situation where uh, those skills are going to actually be able to transfer for them. Because if you're just working, you know, on, on your skills with no defense or with no reaction or with no sort of difficulty, you can kind of go on autopilot. And then at that point, it's hard to really say that you develop your skills because when you get to a game and you, you're not, it's not going to be cut and dry, do this, do this, do right. this. Are you able to kind of figure stuff out? Because, you know, basketball is really a game of, it's a game of, of, of repeated problems. Right. And, whoever can solve problems better is going to be the better player. And the thing is each problem is going to be a little bit different than the one before. You're never going to have an exact problem like the one you saw before. Maybe the first time you came off a ball screen, that defender was, you know, a foot farther back, right? Or maybe this time you come off the screen, he's in the same spot, but maybe he's, he's two inches taller and his arms are longer this time. So are you able to overcome that now? And I think that's really where I've gotten to, is like, how can I put my, my players in the best position to actually use the skills that we go through? Um, and no matter what coach they play for, no matter what system they're in, no matter what defense they see, are they going to be able to, to use this in, in, in those situations? And I think that is really the, the way that I approach skill development now. Um, and to, to your point, to that, to that second part of your question, um, really, that's 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 everything. I think the difference between um, a player who really takes time and and devotes and, and commits to that to their skill development and a player who doesn't is is massive because you can even see it like, you know, if I'm working with players and, you know, I work with some who are really great athletes who maybe haven't put in the same amount of time as somebody who uh, isn't as great of an athlete, but they've put in that time with their skill development and uh, that that player who's the great athlete is probably still going to be successful because being an athlete is a, is a major part of basketball, but uh, there's just a different way that you can play if you've really put your time into that skill development. And when you combine the two, that's really where you see the, the, the most success. So 
uh, very, very important. Um, but I think that it's important that players, trainers go about it the right way. Yeah, when, when you're talking about game transfer, block versus random, I think it's really, really important to understand what it is you're trying to accomplish at that particular moment. Um, some coaches just think you don't do block training at all. Uh, some think everything has got to be game related in the sense of, um, you know, I got to have a defender. It's got to be competitive. Sometimes you got to get those reps. So if you have a player that's struggling with their mechanics on their shooting, um, you got to do some block shooting. You may have to do some form shooting. Um, but in order for it to transfer, yes, you're going to have to add a defender. You're going to have to add, put them in some different type of situations. So that's something that's always important to remember is when you're devising or putting together a, a plan or a training session or drills, it has to match what it is you're trying to accomplish. What is your objective? If your objective is to get high reps, you might need to do block training. But if your whole training session is and it's repeatedly over and over again, block training, yes, it's not going to transfer quite as much. So we have to understand what it is that we're doing and what we're trying to uh, accomplish. Yeah, so absolutely. And that's, that's just to kind of touch on that point too. I think that's, that's, that's the biggest thing too, is like, um, what, you know, whatever anybody says, there's never a, a, a one size fits all for, right. for any player really, when you're talking about training, it's like, you've got to figure out what's going to be best for them. So there, there's probably going to be a nice combination of the two right there between block and random. Uh, some players might need more block and some players might just go straight reps. And there might be workouts even where it's just a ton of reps getting up. Um, and that's, that's certainly, there's certainly no, nothing wrong with that too. Um, and then some players are going to be kind of the other end of the spectrum too. So I think it's important that um, they're, they're, we, we can go into to each session or uh, when we're planning and we can, we can understand that like there's, a, there, there's going to be a, a, a good balance between the two most of the time. Yeah. And, and also on the other part on that, when you're talking about each player is different, um, you know, not necessarily just what you do with them, but how you reach them. How you, how you coach them, how you teach them. Everybody's different. So I may have a player that I can really push and, you know, and, and be more um, straightforward with them and tell them what they're doing, what they're not doing. And then there'll be some other players. I got to put my arm around them and encourage them in a different ways. So we got to really understand skill development is not just about going to YouTube and finding drills and throwing something together and running kids through a bunch of drills. Um, there's so much more to it than that, if you want to be really good at what you do and be in this for long term. Um, so, you know, with that, we kind of talked about your, um, about your, your philosophy. I have a good idea of what your philosophy is, but let's, let's expand on that a little bit. Um, you know, there are so many different ways to do skill development. You know, you have those, those trainers that, they like to keep it real simple. Um, then you have those a little more innovative and you have some that's, you know, kind of in between. Um, what, what is your philosophy? What are some things that you really stand on when it comes to uh, skill development? Um, well, I, I know we'll get to this later, but I think that there's certain things, um, certain skills that certain, certain points of the game, I should say that you should absolutely have to have as a player. 
Um, and it can depend if, you know, if you're a big, you might have a different set of skills that you need as opposed to being a guard or a wing. Um, but depending, I know we'll touch on that in a minute, but uh, that's really where I start my focus. Like, does this player have these basic skills that they need to have? Like the situations you're going to be in most of the time, you're not going to be, you know, you know, you're not going to be going James Harden and going 20, you know, size up crossovers and then shooting. Like, it's probably not going to be what you're doing. There might be a couple players who might have that sort of freedom. But those are going to be the very, very best players. Uh, the majority of the time, you're not going to be that guy on your team. So can, can I help you get the best that you can be at those routine, s- simple plays that you're going to see the majority of the time? So, for example, you know, if you're, uh, if you're a guard or a wing player, can you – we'll start with the basics. Can you relocate and just hit a three coming off of a driving kick? Like, is that, is that a skill that you have? Can you hit that consistently? Because if you can do that consistently, I also coach a high school team. And if you can shoot the ball consistently off a of driving kick, like, you're going to play. Ultimately, you're going to play, and you're going to be able to contribute to our team. So that's kind of the first thought um, is, do you have those basic skills? And then when you're in that situation, do you, are you able to – do you have some sort of counter to that? So if you don't have that shot, well, what do you do then? So it's really about getting players uh, those basic skills. And then at that point – I want you to be as confident as you can be in those skills. So really, once we start to get those reps up, you understand, okay, why am I relocating? Where do I relocate? Uh, what do I do? Like, how do I read this defender who's closing out on me? Um, can I hit shots with the defender who's closing out on me? And then at that point, we can say, you know, I really like to, to add reactionary elements to, to my training, especially recently, where, for example, I might say, uh, we, we might, so maybe we're working out on the wing and I might have them relocate and then I might hit them with a pass off the relocation. And then I might give them, I might say nothing. And if I say nothing, they might be shooting that ball. If I say go, that might mean two dribble pull up or two dribble, some sort of separation move into your pull up. Um, and that's, that's just an example of one thing I might do. If we're doing finishing, I might say we might start at the elbow and work on some sort of um, maybe like a drop and then we'll go and I might say right or left. So maybe we'll work on, um, our, like our footwork and being able to finish either side of the rim. And then you're going to start going, I'm going to give you that left call. So you have to be able to react and do that. So I like to kind of build those basic skills, finishing, obviously one of them that you need, and then adding that reaction element to that. So that, uh, ultimately we can kind of see that progress where that player can't just be on autopilot the whole time, because that, that is one thing that you'll see, um, is that if eventually once they sort of pick up the skill, um, and you say, okay, you know what? We're just going to go reps, 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 reps. Um, a lot of times it can be like, okay, that, now they're just kind of going through it. And they, they know what's going to happen. Uh, they know what the finish is. So um, adding that sort of next element to it can make it more fun for them, but also uh, can make it more challenging as well. So that's what, kind of what I like to do at that point. Get them, get them just those basic skills, get them confident in it to a point where they can react to it. And then... Typically, you know, I love working out with groups because then you can add that sort of competitive aspect to it as well at the end or at the beginning really doesn't. I've been kind of experimenting with both going at the beginning and at the end with um, getting competitive. But then we can take that same exact skill from that same exact spot or really those, whatever that spot is. Maybe there's multiple skills we've, we've hit from there and then we can make it really game like. Um, and then at that point, that's where you start to see the, the confidence that that player has in those situations. Um, really start to, to, to skyrocket because ultimately I know that's the situation they're going to find themselves in over and over and over and over again. So if we can start to hit that uh, and get them good at that, then, then you see that transferring games pretty quickly. 
Um, and that's, that's always my thought with it. And then obviously there's other aspects that certain players will have to work on. So can we get you good coming off of ball screens? And then can we add a read in that as well? Uh, and that's really been my thought. I kind of like to take it through step by step with that. Yeah, building, the progression. Um, mm -hmm. you know, understanding where the player is at, where they're trying to go, and then putting together a plan to help them get to that, to that destination. Uh, but any coach that's listening or any player that's listening, that destination is going to always change. You will never arrive. It doesn't matter how good of a player you are. You can be LeBron James, James Harden, Kevin Durant. That destination is, is constantly moving. So right when you're about to get to your destination, it should be moved to a different location. So that means that you're always in the process, always working to get better. Uh, if you ever feel like you have, you've arrived, then you're, you're, you're in a bad place, you're in a bad situation. Uh, yep. So let's talk about some of those skills that you feel like are important. Um, what, what, do you, what do you feel are some foundational skills that uh, players need to, need to have, have to their game? Well, I think number one, uh, and, and really, I think this, this becomes more apparent every single day for me, uh, is the ability to shoot the basketball. I think it all starts with that because if you have the ability to shoot the ball, then not only does that open up everything else for you because now the defender has to play you close, which means that they're going to have to close out harder on you. You're going to go to attack close that's better, which we'll get to. Um, and, and not only does it do that for you, but also it opens up the floor for your teammates as well because now you have a help defender who's got to be cautious of you in the corner and he might not be able to help off, off you as much. So your teammate who might be a, a, a more of a slasher, he's going to have an easier time getting to the basket uh, because that's, that's that help guy is focused on you now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think really that it, it starts with shooting. And I always preach to guys like uh, anytime I get a, a DM or a comment, you know, asking about like, Hey, you know, what, what's some advice you'd have for me? Like, especially younger kids, I'm like, get a shot. Like if you can shoot the basketball. And like I said earlier, you know, I coach a high school team. And when I like are, if you can shoot the basketball, you're going to be able to play. Uh, and, and really because shooters are at, at, they're at a premium. Uh, you, you can't, you can't like there, there's no, you can't make up for it. Um, if you don't have guys who can make shots, it's going to be tough for you to win games. So if you want to, you know, immediately bring some value to the team, be able to shoot the ball. Um, that's, that's number one for me. Uh, and then I would say after that is, um, so kind of like we alluded to before with, with my philosophy and everything, um, are you able to attack closeouts? I think that's a big thing as well. So we have that shot. Can you attack closeouts? Well, so that might mean you attack, just stampeding the catch or off of a split catch. Um, when that defender is closing out at you, that might mean you have a shot fake and then you can go. Uh, or it could be a jab off that. Really, it's, it's kind of simple things. Um, shooting and then having some way that you attack a closer, really one of those three ways. Um, and that's kind of what I'll work on with my guys is a little shot fake uh, to get that guy to raise up and then we'll go off of that. And then, um, or we might just catch it and go right away. Uh, and I would say that right there is such an important skill to have as well because that leads to not only you getting to the rim, but also other driving kick situations for your teammates. If you have multiple shooters on a team, you're going to get a lot of really good looks if you have guys who can hit the three, but also understand how to attack closeouts and draw on the defense, kick it right there. Um, it's, 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 it's really, it's fun basketball. Um, and it's, it's what a lot of teams will do uh, when they have guys and, and teams win with it. So for me, that's, that, those are two major skills that I focus on. 
Uh, I would say also the ability to handle the basketball is important and it kind of depends on what your role is as a player. So obviously as a point guard, you might need to be a little bit more advanced with that. Um, and, and I think every player should be confident in their ability to handle the basketball. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're a wing who might not do as much with the ball in his hands, then really it, it becomes to, you know, how much time are we going to put into your ball handling? Because maybe there's other aspects of your game that are more important for us to hit. So that's really going to depend on the player, but ball handling for sure to an extent is there. Um, and I think with ball handling, it becomes just about having freedom on the court. You can kind of do what you want to do um, if you can handle the basketball. And I think you combine those, those three things, your ability to shoot the basketball, uh, your ability to attack closeouts, and then ball handling. And that can make for a really, really good perimeter player. Now, obviously for a post, it can be a little bit different. Um, the majority of players I work with are, are perimeter guys, but for some post players, uh, I think it will be a little bit different. So it also will kind of depend on what you are naturally. So if you're a post player, then it might be, you know, can you hit, you know, if your teammate is driving, can you kind of, you know, flash short corner, flash high post and hit that shot right there? Um, do you have, and at some point it becomes, do you have just basic post moves that you're basically automatic with? Is your hook shot, if you catch it one dribble, two dribbles into your hook shot, is that automatic? Do you have a drop step kind of counter off that? So um, I think developing those kind of basic situations where, like I said earlier, those situations that I know you're going to be in over and over and over, can you master that? And that's really what, I, what it comes down to. But um, for the majority of players who, are, who play on the perimeter, it's going to be, for me, shooting, attacking closeouts, ball handling. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to throw something at you I want you to think about. Uh, I'm real big on footwork. And I, I think in, in basketball, uh, everything starts with your feet. So when you're talking about a player shooting on the move, uh, they got to have good footwork, stepping into it, whether it's a hop step, stepping into a left, right, or right, left, uh, being on balance. Uh, footwork also is important with passing and dribbling. So I've asked this question to some coaches before, and I didn't send you this question, but just wanted you to think about this. Um, a majority of the coaches would say that shooting is the most important skill. Cause of course, at the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the basket. But if everything starts with your feet, would you say that footwork is just as important as shooting or could be more important than shooting? Because we know that there is a very small percentage of players that can shoot off balance shots. And typically if they're shooting you know, not the, the sound straight up, straight down. Uh, they're doing it on purpose. But footwork plays such a big part in, in basketball. So I've been asking a couple of coaches, you know, maybe not necessarily on the podcast, but how important is footwork? Could footwork be, because I go back and forth, in, you know, with that. Like, I know you got to put the ball in the basket at the end of the day, but my feet put me in the best position to use my hands, whether I'm dribbling, passing, or shooting. So that's that's a question um, that anybody that's out there listening, I want you to kind of to kind of ponder on it, kind of think about that, how, how the importance of of uh, of footwork. Um, but to your point, talking about shooting, I've never heard a coach I've had. I got too many shooters. Uh, so mm -hmm. if you can put the ball in the basket. <laughs> you can find, you know, a team to play on or, you know, you can make your high school team. Um, and then the other thing, you know, you talked about ball and I look at ball handling in three areas. Of course, you know, you have your dribbling, but we also got passing and catching. I, I like to include that in, in ball handling. 
Um, but then I think players need to do it in four different ways. Of course, you start stationary. That's usually for your beginners. Uh, on the move versus pressure and then in traffic. So um, it all depends on how we look at this. Everybody looks at things differently. Um, but but the areas that you mentioned, the, the shooting, the, the attacking, uh, you know, uh, you know, playing off the catch and attacking closeouts, you know, and ball handling, every player has got to be able to do that to some degree. So right. you know, if you're if you're big and there's penetration and you relocate to the elbow and that guard throws you the ball, you got to be able to attack that closeout, whether it's with a catch and shoot, jab step, pump fake, or a catch and, and rip and attack to the basket. So yeah. uh, those are things that, yeah. that's really important. Yeah, and I think to touch on your on your footwork point, uh, I think it's I think that without having good footwork, especially as a shooter, like I'll approach from a shooting perspective, as a shooter, if you don't have good footwork, I think it's 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 a lot harder to be a great shooter. And I don't know if it's possible to be a great shooter without footwork, especially if we're going to talk. You you might be you might find a guy at the YMCA or at the park who can shoot the basketball with bad footwork, but you put a defender on him or you put you know you put nine other guys on the floor, and they're they're not going to be able to hit shots consistently. So. I think that's really comes down to I, uh, one guy I love watching is Duncan Robinson. Um, his, I mean, if you watch his footwork, especially coming off of dribble handoffs or um, coming off of even, even just relocation. I mean, his is, it's incredible how efficient his footwork is. Um, there's no wasted steps. So uh, that to me, that lets me know like, okay, we've got to make sure that if we're going to like, if I'm going to develop a player shooting, that's got to be something that we're basically going to include every time that basically in every workout, like we're going to have some sort of, aspect that's going to develop footwork so it's going to depend obviously on the level of player that we're at if i'm working with a player who's you know in college um and is already a really good shooter they might have that stuff down pretty well so we can obviously uh just kind of we can we can we can move a little bit quicker but with a lot of my my younger players um we're gonna have to we have to spend a lot of time doing that just because i think that you know shooting shooting so much muscle memory and if we can make sure that our footwork plays into that uh, instead of fights it, we want to make sure that it, it helps us make shots. So if our full work is good and consistent every time, so if you're driving to the left and you can hit, you can, you can go right, left into your jump shot. Well, that means we can repeat that over and over and over again. Therefore, th we're going to be able to, to, to play on the muscle memory better. If you're going to the right and you can also step left, right for your shot. Well, now we can repeat that as well. So you're good going both ways. If coming off of, you know, a, a, uh, a, a dribble handoff, you can go into a hop. Well, you might be able to get your shot off a little bit quicker now. So can you also shoot it off of that? Uh, I think getting players confident and, and again, progressing it forward. Some players aren't going to get to that hop very quickly. It's going to take them a long time. Some players will. Um, but I think for me, that's, that's how I approach full work is if you, if you can have efficient full work that's repeatable, then it's going to take your success as a shooter to, to, um, to, a, to a much higher level than if you didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the quickness in getting into the shot, being on balance, um, I, what I tell players is when they're getting ready to catch a pass, you know, your feet got to beat the pass. You know, your feet got to be in position. They got to be ready. Um, so we spend a lot of time in my, in, my, in my training sessions talking about your feet. Now, we don't necessarily do a lot of, you know, with some of my older players, a lot of footwork in the sense of jump stops and pivots. Um, we, you know, we might do that into a shot. Uh, but we're always talking about our feet, making sure your feet are on, making sure you're on balance, making sure that 
because uh, what I tell players is sometimes players are coming to like a, a, a jump stop and they'll be on their toes too much and they'll be off balance. And I say, well, look, if you come to that jump stop and you can't pivot on balance, then you're off balance. So we really pay attention a lot to our feet. Um, so let's talk about player coach relationships. I'm sure you've got some players that you've been working with for an extended period of time. Um, and I feel like that's really based off the relationships that, that y'all have. How important is it for you when, you, when you're talking about working with the players uh, on an individual level or in a small group level, or even with your high school team, how important is it to have a good player coach relationship? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it really is kind of the baseline for everything. Um, you know, I, I know the quote is like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, and, and really, you know, I, that's kind of a cliche thing, but it is true um, in a sense. Like if you, want, if you want people to really buy into what you're doing, they've got to know that it's, it's about them. And kind of what I alluded to earlier with my point about why I even started posting stuff, like creating content and trying to reach players online is just, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be that, that person who could help somebody who was in my position. Like I look back and say, was this help? Will this be helpful to me? Um, and I think again, having that player, that player first approach is it just, it, it, it gets you a lot of players who, who are very loyal to you because they recognize what you're putting into it. I think when it comes to in-person, it's the same exact thing. When you have a player who, you know, like, okay, you know, every time that I come to a session, like this is, this is, you know, like I'm, I'm in mind, right. I'm like that, that's, that's his first priority. Um, and so for me, it's, it's been all about making sure that, that that's the forefront of everything that I do. Um, I think when it comes to that, uh, one of the best things about the player coach relationship is that you're able to kind of see, you know, that progress. Like I have a, a couple of players who I've worked with for, for over two years at this point. Um, and I'm able to see them go from like, we're starting out and all the, all of our shots are in the paint. And now, you know, two years later, we're shooting threes and we're, we're like, we're, it's like the, that progression right there. Um, and you're able to kind of re relate back to things right there. I think even something as simple as like, you know, all players who have an AAU tryout or whatever. And then it's just like, it's like, Hey man, how did, how things go today? Or, you know, we'll get back in the gym. And then I think another aspect to it is like, having those players be able to kind of give you input with how they're feeling, um, with what they feel is working, what's not working, what they're struggling with, all those sort of things. So it almost becomes more of like a, instead of like, you know, they go to school all day. So I think the last thing you want to do is like lecture them when they get there. It's like, how can we make this a really like a collaborative thing where, you know, we're, we're working on skills that um, obviously, you know, as a player, you might not recognize how to do everything. I think, Sometimes players, especially players who are just kind of naturally gifted, they're not going to quite understand the why of things. So that might be your job right there to get them to the why um, and how they can develop things further. And also being that kind of voice of honesty saying this, like you do need to develop this because of this. Um, but also being able to kind of collaborate really on, on what they're doing. I think that's a big thing right there. Um, when it comes to, for, that's really more from, from like an individual perspective, from a team perspective, like with my high school team, um, I think that's really where you get the, the buy-in. I think teams that are connected and there's a, a good synergy between the coaches and the players, um, that's going to enable the players to really be able to take what the coaches are, their, their philosophies, what they're implementing, and then really make it their own. Because if you have a team that only goes based on their coach, right? If they're, not, they're not working hard unless their coach tells them to. 
they're not doing what they need to do unless the coach tells them to. That's not going to be a very good team usually, unless they just have some really, really great players. Um, but if you don't have, you know, transcendent players on your team, you've got to be a, a player-led team. And ultimately, as a coach, in order for that to be the best situation, you want to make sure that your guys who are your leaders are bought into what you're doing. And I think, again, it all goes back to those players know that you put a lot of work into it. Um, you're prepared, you know what you're doing, and ultimately you want the best for them. And that kind of breeds that, that loyalty right there. And that's how you kind of develop a, that great relationship that leads to not only them getting better, but also in a team sense, you winning more games as well. Yeah, you got to build that trust. So a player has to know that uh, they can trust you, uh, trust you with the truth, uh, trust you with their development, uh, knowing that you care. And then that builds, that builds buy-in. So if you got a player and they really trust you because you told them the truth and you know that they know that you care about them and you say, hey, I know this is uncomfortable for you, but this is what you need for your development. They're more than likely to buy in. Um, so, you know, that is, that is really, really important. So um, any coaches that's out there listening, if you really want your, your team to buy in or you want your kids to, to buy into what you're trying to tell them when it comes to development, you got to build those relationships. Know them as a human being. Know them outside of the basketball uh, court. Learn their other interests. Learn what they like, their hobbies. Um, every, every time you talk to them, it doesn't have to be about basketball. If they're into gaming, talk to them about gaming. You know, if you got a bunch of uh, – if you coach a high school team or AU team, you got a bunch of kids on the, on the team that, that love Xbox and PlayStation 5, invite them over to your house if it's not COVID <laughs> and have yeah. them play some games, you know, just just something that, so they know that you that you care about them more than just as an athlete, but as but as a human. Um, right. I, I think another, another thing with that, too, is, uh, you know, me being younger, that that is, I think, one benefit to it is like um, I know what music these guys listen to. Like, I, I know, like, I know what these guys do. Um, so it's, it's really easy for me to be able to connect with guys. Um, yeah. and that's kind of, especially it's like my, my like high school, college age guys, because they're basically all the same age. Um, and, and so that's kind of a, a good step right there. I think in terms of building trust as well, um, it, it's, it, that's also why I love like seeing the progression forward, because once you start to, to, to help them get results, then at that point you, they, that's really where that trust gets built from. It's like, okay, you know what, like, this is like, you know, I I've seen results. So now I can kind of trust what you're doing. Um, so if I, you know, if we're in the gym one day and we're doing a drill, that's more difficult, maybe more, a little more unorthodox, um, something that they haven't thought about before. Like we might be doing something with like, you know, creativity or some sort of reaction with it. And this might never be how they've ever trained before. Like they might've never done this with their school team or whatever. Um, but if they're able to see that they get results from it, then that buy-in just goes more and more. So they might be a little bit unsure of you, but then if they see ultimately that gets results, then boom, that trust just starts to go up and up and up. And that's really how you can develop that, that great trust relationship with those guys. Yeah. So see, I don't, the, I'm 41. So I'm going to just tell you, I'm stuck in the nineties. So any music <laughs> I listen to is going to be from the nineties, but what I, how I try to relate to the kids in the sense, I may not listen to their music, but I try to relate to them in the sense of, hey, I've been where, you, where you're wanting to go. I know what it takes to get to the collegiate level. I played at that level. Um, you know, I've had different experiences. So, you know, I can talk to them and write to them in, in that sense. Um, so let's, let's finish this up with a, with a question talking about film. 
Now, I know with your high school team, y'all look at film, break down film, get ready for games. But from an individual standpoint, let's talk about how players can use film or how maybe you use film um, for individual development. What is, what is it that you like to do? What is it like you like to share with the players? How much time? You know, just things like that when it comes to uh, using film. Yeah. So um, th- there's, it's funny because I was on a, I was on a webinar um, with a guy who's kind of one of the, the, the bigger trainers online uh, by any means basketball. And he was talking a little bit about what he called the 80, 20 rule where he was saying 80% of the time, like you've got to be studying. And then the other 20% of the time is when you're doing. So as a trainer um, or creating content, as you say, because a lot of times trainers, like you'll be in the gym just all day training, but you can learn a lot through that, I think. But in terms of watching film, um, that's really where I think everything has to start from because uh, again, like film, film does not lie. Like you can, you can go to a basketball game and you might think that you saw something or you might think that you're seeing patterns, but until you go back and you can prove that with film, uh, then it's hard to, to really know that you don't know that for sure. So I think it all starts with film. So like my, my whole th- philosophy was like, okay, shooting the basketball, being able to attack closeouts and then maybe going into a driving kick. Like I can, I know that happens a lot. I can tell players like, listen, we're going to work on this a lot because it happens a lot. And I can prove that to you because we can sit down and watch, and I can show you the film that I've watched. Um, I think like we talked about de- like developing trust. Um, when you really know what you're talking about, I think that's where that trust can, can really stems from. Um, so for me, there, it's so much about watching film. If I'm trying to help, like we talked about with footwork um, just now, you know, watching Duncan Robinson is 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 a lot of you know when I talk about footwork, I have a couple of videos where I talk about footwork and using examples from him. So I'm able to give you that evidence while also um, you know learning just from that. Okay, what is he doing right here that I can implement now? Right, I might be watching a game. And then I see like, oh man, that's, that's, that's an interesting thing he just did right there. I might go back to the film and then watch that again. Then I might say, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll go try and find more film on that as well. So now for me, it becomes like finding kind of patterns that I see repeated in these games or, or whatever, or maybe if I'm watching highlights from a specific player um, and I see something that they keep on repeatedly doing, when I was like, how can I implement this into what I'm doing with my players? Um, and I'll, really all of, my, all of my workouts are going to come from something that I've seen in the film room. Um, and that also could be, you know, as a trainer, maybe that's me watching one of my own players film and seeing like, Hey, like, this is something that you need to do better, or this is something that you do well. Um, or this is a situation that you've been in a lot of times and maybe you haven't executed it very well. Um, so maybe that's something we need to give a little bit more attention to. I think as a trainer, the, the, the more time you spend watching film, the better you're going to become. Um, and that's what I've noticed as, as I've gone is, is the, the more film that I watch, um, it, it, to me, it becomes one of the most important things that I, that I can do um, because that's really where you, you develop that, that IQ as a trainer and understanding what are the situations that I need to make sure that we're getting, we're getting reps in um, and, and what works ultimately. I think that's what it comes down to. So for film, um, super, super important. I think from a player perspective as well, um, it's going to be a little bit different, obviously, if you're a player as opposed to being a coach or, or being a trainer, but um, watching your own film is, is huge um, and figuring out what situations you've done well in, what situations you haven't. And then at that, at that point, it becomes about attacking those situations. Um, and then as, as a trainer, it's, it's can you build your plans around what you watch on film, what you can prove on film 
uh, what you know happens. And I think, again, going back to that point I made earlier, that's where that trust comes in because you, you, like, you have all the evidence for why you do what you do. Um, and then ultimately we want game results. So let's, let's work on things that are proven. Yeah. I have uh, been doing more film here lately um, and more of a sense of doing different things with my players, um, breaking their game film down, showing them different things, doing voiceover with them to, to give them that, that feedback um, so they can watch it on their own time. Um, so they can see different things that they need to do. I have a young lady now that's eighth grade that's actually starting for the freshman uh, freshman high, uh, freshman team and uh, had a game clips and, you know uh, I was able to break the film down and, and I broke down a lot I, I didn't show her all of them um, but you know gave her about six or seven clips to look at to give her some things to understand and then when we got back in the gym we talked about those things some more um, now when it comes to watching film I kind of cheat and what I mean by that is, you know, I learned a lot from watching film by, and this may sound crazy, but watching NBA games. And what I mean by that is, um, I talked about this on the last podcast or the last episode is sometimes there are some really good commentators and they will show a play and they will break that play down and they'll give you a ton of information. And I can, listen to what he's saying and and pick up how he's breaking it down and so then when i turn around and break down game film for a player i try to implement some of the same things that they talked about or how they talked about it um things like that so there's a number of different ways that we can grow when it comes to watching film so yes coaches can get better from watching film and they're increasing their knowledge and then they can pass on that knowledge to their players um when they're talking about trying to get better and from an individual standpoint with, with film. Right. I, I think going along with that too, um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've been in the situation and, and I, a lot of trainers listening to have, uh, I was actually just on, see, this would have been on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Um, I was in the gym with a player who I hadn't worked with before. So I hadn't seen any of their film. Um, and a lot of times it can be as simple as being like, when they get in the gym with you, just start to ask them questions about, their offense, like what their, what their role is, what spots they're in the most, um, especially if you never worked with them before and you haven't got to see them play. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of players aren't, just aren't going to have film, which is okay. Um, but you can, you can still take what they tell you uh, and kind of tailor what you're doing to that as much as you, as you can um, with hopes that eventually they will get filmed. Because like I said, they might tell you something and they might, it might not be completely true because Maybe again, they're they're they 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 might not watch their own film, right? So um, you kind of have to go by what they're saying, which is which is fine if that's what you have. Um, and then ultimately, if you can get it, then get it. And I think that, um, like you said, learning from other guys who break down film uh, has been one of the best things that I've done. Uh, is watching the process that guys take um, and seeing like the details that they're able to to pick up on that maybe I would have missed. Um, and then and then as I, you know, it's kind of a practice thing. Like as I start to implement that stuff, you just, you get better at it. And then ultimately um, film watching becomes, uh, it becomes much, it becomes a, a much more um, valuable process for you in, 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 in the making of doing that. 
Well, man, I appreciate you coming uh, coming on the podcast today and dropping some knowledge. Um, you can give any extra tips or, you know, or any additional tips you want to share with our listeners and then let them know how they can connect with you on social media. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so my my Instagram is at Vision Driven Basketball. Um, give me a follow, send me a message, if you have questions for me. Um, my YouTube channel, Vision Driven Basketball, check that out as well. Um, posting, a, I have my own podcast that I post every Sunday. Um, and I'm posting videos every week as well. Sometimes it's workouts, film breakdowns, whatever it might be. So check that out. Um, in terms of just some parting words, uh, I think for trainers, the, the, the most important thing is just becoming as valuable as you can and becoming as good as you can at what you do, because this is a, a really, it's a long-term game. Like we, this is something that we want to be able to do for a long time. We want to build longevity. So you have to always understand, just like we talked about earlier, there's never a, there's never an end, right? As good as you might be at something, like there's there's the destination is going to move farther ahead. So you got to make sure that that's the same approach you take. If you want your players to take that approach, then you got to take the same approach as well. So you can always get better. There's always something more you can learn. Um, there's always someone else you can reach out to that you can learn from. Uh, that's 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 such an important thing. So my encouragement to all to, to every trainer or coach listening is just become as as good as you can. Um, and be willing to to be wrong sometimes, be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to sit back and learn from people. Uh, that's going to take you very, very far long term. Um, and then really for for players, um, I would say the biggest thing is kind of like I, I had mentioned, um, you want to have a plan, like get yourself a plan for what you want to do. What goals do you want to reach? Uh, where do you want to be as a player? What skills do you want to have? And then ultimately figure out how you're going to be able to do that. Um, and, and, and if you're able to be focused on that, it's going to help you. and It's going to take you a long way as well. So TJ, I appreciate you having me on the podcast today and, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch and we'll, we'll reconnect again. Well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. I hope you found it valuable and informative. If you like today's show, please share on social media and tag me. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at NBN. B-ball. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please give me a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. This book will help you understand how to get organized and know what real skill development is. It can be found on my website by visiting tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. Paperback is $9.99. The PDF version is $3.95. And also going to be found on Amazon. Just search Skill Development Playbook and it should pop up. It's $9.99 for the paperback or $3.99 for the Kindle version. Now, if you need to contact me for anything skill development related, I can be reached by email at info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Again, I appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you. God bless.